Hey there, folks. Trustworthy Fat Kev Smith. Before we start casting the pods, man, let me try to sell you something first, okay? Do you like me? Do you like my friends Jason Muse, uh, Ralph Garman? Then guess what? We're coming to a town near you, man. Fort Lauderdale, Palm Beach, and Orlando, Florida. Chicago, St. Louis, Atlantic City, San Diego for the Comic-Con, and Louisville, Kentucky. We're coming your way, man. Come see a Smod Co. show. Tickets at csmod.com. That's S-E-E-S-M-O-D.com. Now, if you can't come to one of our shows, you're like, what the fuck am I supposed to do? How am I supposed to support this two-bit operation? Well, how about you kick back in your home with some family and friends and loved ones and play Monopoly? Jay and Silent Bob strike back Monopoly. That's right, man. You can buy from jayandsilentbob.com, the home of the secret stash, right there online, a signed edition of uh, Jay and Silent Bob strike back Monopoly. Me and Muse sign it, man. Jason Muse, Jay himself, me, Silent Bob. Uh, and the Parts are real fun, man. They got a little cock knocker, a little fist, a little, uh, a little Suzanne, a little blunt mobile. It's crazy, man. Get your hands on it. You get drunk, get stoned, and play a round of Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back Monopoly. Available signed by me and Jason Muse at jayandsilentbob.com. Now, here comes your Smodco podcast. Hello, everybody. It has been a very, very long time since we have chatted together on this podcast last week on Earth. It has not been the last week. It's been the last six to eight months, I realized. I thought it was six, and then counted up. I did do one about six months ago, but it was just one. It's really been about eight months since I've been covering the news. Very long absence. I'll explain it a bit later, and I apologize for it. But, hey, we're back. That's the good news. It's all that matters. Um, and, uh... Let's just, without further ado, let's get it rolling. Last Week on Earth starts right now. This episode titled, Return of That Ben Guy. Suge Knight's got some points on his license. World makes nuclear deal with Iran that both sides think is something else entirely. A bunch of awkward people think they're going to become president. Bieber gets handsy with Grande. Some pizza places hate gay people. Mouse brains are getting better, thank God. People have sex pretty much any place these days, and Marco Rubio would totally go to a gay wedding. All this and more during the... Last Week on Earth with Ben Glebe. Whoops! Do not be driven by fear into an age of unreason. Oh my god, guys, listen up. I have an announcement to make. Did you guys know that I'm, like, the number one Google search last week? It could be the stuff of history, however, one way or the other. Okay, is Jessica Simpson here yet? And to those critics who are so pessimistic about our economy, I say, don't be economic girly man. How many sides does a triangle have? Damn, four. There's no side. One. Last week on Earth. Last week on Earth. Last week on Earth. Last week on Earth. A long time ago, in a galaxy far far away this podcast happened regularly captain's log start date april 22nd 2015 can you even do captain's log this deep into the dialogue or that probably has to open but you can compete star wars star trek it's confusing no one knows but i do know that at priceline.com you can name your price and i do know that the podcast is back since we last spoke the speed of the world affairs has sped up the world and all its affairs the tectonic plates of international and domestic politics have moved not in a way that shouldn't have been anticipated but in a way that was more swift than i think anyone saw coming it seems like suddenly we're in a lot of serious ideological wars western thinking versus islamic extremism Democracy and rock capitalism versus an almost overt corruption and aggressiveness from Putin and Russia. 
and his backing of Iran and Syria, two of the world's worst actors. Bad actors because they act in bad, not you know, not because they are not not because they didn't take James Franco's acting school. Just they they doing some evil shit. Saudi Arabia launches strikes against Yemen, trying to quelch the Houthi rebels. ISIS suddenly is the world's enemy number one, like way higher than Bieber. So it's frustrating. A lot going on, and we don't know what to make of it. We're against ISIS, but so is Iran, who are our enemies and a state sponsor of terror and want Israel, where a lot of my family lives, wiped off the face of the map for some reason. Which is like, um, pretty much like the worst thing you could do. Like, it's like one of the worst things you could want for somebody. It's like to wipe them off the map. You know what I mean? It's not even like saying you don't like them and don't want them like coming to your party. It's like you want them gone. And when they say off the map, they don't mean like off of a map. They mean off the face of the earth. And off the map's like a polite way to say you want somebody dead. So, want them off of the map. Ooh, I want to dance with somebody. I want to wipe the earth with somebody. With somebody like Israel. Don't you want to dance? Ooh, you want to dance? ISIS is taking over Iraq, which we enabled a huge gap for them to do that by invading and destroying that country. And they're also taking over Syria. Rebels just seem like better than government armies these days. I literally don't get how a ragtag group of kids, albeit racist, murderous terrorist kids, who just came up out of nowhere, is advancing and taking territory and instituting their own rule of law in the face of, like, pretty much the whole planet who wants to stop them. Even crazy recluse Kim Jong-un probably is pausing his mini-golf tournament that he's already rigged to win long enough to probably be like, Whoa, ISIS, slow your roll. It's a story of a group named ISIS who wanted a world order of their own, wanted Muslimness across the planet, and not to each their own. And also they will kill everyone to get it. Which is really, really, really rude to do. Cause then everyone is dead and that's no fun, dude. The youngest one in curls. Until one day came every other fucking country. And said, yo, we ain't cool with this. But ISIS was really strong and evil. And that's the way we all became ISIS bitch. We're ISIS's bitch. Dun, 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 dun. We're ISIS bitch. Dun, 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 dun. That's the way we became ISIS bitch. Dun, 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 dun. And Alice, as playing Alice. The world gone nuts, it seems, since we've been gone. Since we've been gone. A lot of singing. I'm sorry, it's been a long time. Got a lot of songs stored up in me. I can't help it. Police officers killing innocent, unarmed black people all of a sudden. Well, not all of a sudden, but like all of us suddenly being reported. And so thankfully leading, it seems, I hope, toward a crackdown on this unacceptable bullshit. How about just putting in place police chiefs who are badasses like you see in movies, who make clear their intolerance for any sort of racial prejudice in their precincts? Or another idea, maybe play it cool. Maybe get like play it cool police chiefs, like real chill dudes who talk to their officers like, officers like they're their buddies. You know, and then they get all comfortable, and then therefore racist, you fire their asses. I'm just spitballing two ideas here, but the point is we need to stamp out this problem fast. Racism in our police departments. Not just throw... Look, I'm not trying to throw all officer precincts or officer police departments into that category. We'd be a chaotic nothingness without the amazing work of our police. I'm just saying I think we can all agree the problem seems far too common... And there has to be a solution fast. Uh, the world is bananas enough. We don't need our police also randomly killing us. That's, that's not fun. That is definitely not fun. Uh, the world is in a bananas place. It always is. It seems extra bananas. Suge Knight running everybody over. It's almost like you can't cross the street these days without being run over by Suge Knight. It's not cool. Country music fans literally giving Tim McGraw shit for wanting to perform at a Sandy Hook benefit to try to prevent more gun violence against children. That's actually something they are saying will, quote, kill his career Dixie Chick style. My lord, people are so dumb. He's not against guns. 
He's against guns in certain circumstances where they can kill innocent children. Can we at least agree on that? If we can't agree on innocent children not being killed by random gun violence, we're, we're, we're at a loss, yo. I mean, it, it really works out that I host a TV show called Idiot Test because there are a lot of idiots out there. I'm honestly thrilled when I meet a smart one who passes muster. <laughs> who passes must, muster is a weird phrase. Who passes muster, never loses luster, a buster, not custer, or yellow like mustard, or custard, a real person, a custodian, some CNN people, not just watching Nickelodeon. Said not just, because we need the full range, and cartoons important too. Their insanity keeps us sane. Why? I mean, I'm rhyming a lot. Singing and then rhyming, I'm sorry for both. So it's been a long time, I have a lot of weirdness trapped up inside my brain, and I have to, it's this time. The time is now. That's why I had to come back. Because we are, it seems, coming to a head, to an inflection point of sorts, that will at some point soon have to go one way or the other. On topics like gay marriage and pot, the world's becoming more progressive and open-minded. On topics like race at home and peace and cohesion in the world, we seem to be taking a few steps back. Bill Cosby's a huge racist, uh, r rapist, it turns out. I'm so sorry. Apologies to Mr. Cosby for calling you racist. You're only a horrible fucking racist. I did it again. Rapist. Those two words, both bad words. Different meanings, though. Bill Cosby turns out as a horrible rapist. Who saw that coming? Nobody. You know, I mean, the people probably, the people didn't even see it coming. Paul Abdul was all too prescient when she warned us Two steps forward, two steps back. We come together because opposites attract. In the world community, you understand? But let me be more precise. Maybe turn to Paul Abdul's philosophical cohort, Sir Isaac Newton, whose third law tells us that for each action, there is an equal and opposite reaction. So as the world has become more progressive, it has also become more oppressive. As the closed-minded voices who look to the past as the only possible source of knowledge try their damnedest to stymie the arrival of the future. It's like they're trying hard to stop a DeLorean at 87 miles an hour. And you can't. DeLorean's going to reach 88. Especially if you got Doc Brown behind the wheel or maybe Marty McFly. And if they do, they are able to stop it. God forbid. We'll all be like, damn, that kid. Even though standing in the way of evolution is the surest way, the surest path to extinction, these old forces lack the foresight or even historical objectivity to see it. So we find ourselves at the precipice of a great battle of progress versus oppression, of equal rights for all versus the purposeless prisons of tradition without evolution. Tradition's good if you evolve with it and meld it into your common sense. A battle of freedom versus the broken mentalities of ISIS and the leaders of Iran and Syria and Russia and North Korea and Kardashian. We collectively have one big question to answer that will determine our future as a planet. Will we succumb to vacuous blanket thinking? And I ain't talking about Michael Jackson's son, y'all. Or will thoughtfulness prevail? It is a battle of quality versus Kardashian, to put it simply. Will stupidity, prejudice, and ego trump, pun intended, you're fired? Will it trump cleverness and openness and the collective ego of us all together? Will I ever consistently eat healthy and work out as much as I say I want to? Will we ever break free of the tyranny of external validation? Needing Facebook likes and retweets just to know we're alive. Break free from the chain. We retweet just to know we're alive. Double songs back to back it reminds me. Andrew, do you mind checking the uh, Periscope feed and t telling me how many people are watching? Because I, I need to know. I need the validation of knowing. Um, but don't say it out loud. Because if the number's low, I don't want it to say it out loud. Draw it or use your hands or something. First number, okay, yep, that's the total number. The bottom right, there's a number there. That's the number in the bottom right. You're not leaving out some zeros. That's the number. Right there is the number that, of the number of people. You didn't say it. You didn't say it. No, but I saw it. I was able to 
See your fingers. And that's a low, low amount of people. Only 400,000 people watching. It's hard to believe. It is hard to believe. It's hard to believe. It's hard to believe. It's not even a... It's, believe is a place. It's not hard to get there. It's a plain, simple plane flight. It all stands at this precipice where it could all go either way. Bone Thugs in Harmony predicted we'd meet here at the crossroads. And no, this crossroads is not a cross-country coming-of-age journey starring Britney Spears. And while there must be a collective push at this crossroads toward more enlightened consciousness, Britney was right. These forces will fight hard and victory won't come easy. You gotta work, bitch. It won't always have to be a fight, but such change does require a certain feistiness, a certain willingness to make yourself heard, to stand up for what you believe. But there are good signs. Even the most vulnerable of us has proven they can step up to the task, as Taylor Swift even has evolved from weepy to resolute. Granted, her evolution is mostly just to assert that she can hook up with whomever she wants. But still the girl is standing up for herself and it is to be commended. You know, she'll write the guy's name down in that blank space or whatever the fuck that song says. And that's part of why I had to bring the podcast back because there's starting to be too much crazy shit happening and I had to make my voice heard. Although ironically, I have a girlfriend now so I can hook up with whoever I want. Not even her. My girlfriend does not allow even hooking up with her. With her. With her. It's a vast... Lonely, sexual wasteland of loneliness and vast emptiness. It's a problem. I should really talk to her about that. Things in the world seem to be calming down for a while, but the world goes in cycles, it seems, because our circadian rhythm is warp speeding right back to batshit crazy. The good news is, though, I think this challenge is very winnable. For we have numbers and common sense and the powerful force of forward motion on our side. Dick Cheney said the insurgency in Iraq was in its last throes. And while he is a dark, balded, misguided man who was speaking on a war he started on his own that sped up and strengthened this ideological enemy we are now forced to face, I believe this sort of radicalized, oppressive thinking, oh, and random killing as well. If it were just thinking, it would be one thing. But it's both thinking and the killing. Why does it have to always be and the killing? This radicalized, oppressive thinking is the last attempt to win the world. But I think the forces of darkness and stagnation are losing to enlightenment taking over the globe, spurred and disseminated through the internet, and therefore the ability for us to communicate as a populace at incredibly high speeds, unless you're with AT&T. Am I right? High fives? No? It's hard to high five through a podcast in, in your earbud. You could, don't smack yourself in the ear. You'll jam that thing in there. The point is, progress is winning. And all the recent tumult on the planet, I think, is just a last-ditch effort to stop it. But if we can join forces intellectually across the planet, we have a great shot at squashing that insurgency once and for all. We just have to bet on us, the brain trust of the planet, and double down on ourselves. And when you double down, all your focus goes into getting... Just one more card that will tip the hand in your favor. So to quote Britney Spears again, hit me baby one more time. Oh, we need a 10 ideally. But who will that leader be for us? Most likely, we'll, we'll, we'll be stuck with like a 4 or, or maybe a 6 if we're lucky. Who will that leader be? A bunch of people are starting to throw their hat and or pantsuit into the ring. Starting, of course, with Hillary Clinton, who had a very awkward, passionless rollout. She had a video. She only comes into her own two-minute video 90 seconds in. The rest of it had random Americans talking about their dreams, their pets. There was a couple gay couples holding hands. That was nice to see, at least taking a stand in video editing statements. But then she awkwardly says, and I'm Hillary, and I'm running for president. It just didn't seem driven or motivated or passion filled it seemed careful she then immediately started on a bus tour people are calling it the scooby-doo van i don't know why a van tour 
from where she was to Iowa, the first big state that determines who's going to be a power player in our presidential elections. And all the news is very excited that she walked into a Chipotle. She was in a Chipotle, bro. And it was grand. And she just sat there on surveillance camera that was released with sunglasses on, on her phone, texting away, not talking to anybody, not getting to know the people. She said she realized she has to earn our vote again. Just to get to know the voters, earn that vote back. Doesn't want it to seem like the inevitable Hillary that she felt she was, and obviously was also very wrong in 2008. And she's just, you know, texting her, texting at a Chipotle with sunglasses on, like she Jack Nicholson if he was able to text. Everybody knows he's too old to text, but he's a good actor, better actor than Syria and Yemen, for example. I mean, Yemen, I the government, I it's not great. But the rebels are a bunch of, you know, aggressive bastards. We can't, we can't let them do what they're trying to do. And it's a complex issue. We'll talk about it more in the future. Marco Rubio said he was uniquely qualified to be president as announcing his candidacy. He's 43 years old, spoke with his top donors a day after Hillary announced her bid for the Democratic nomination. Rubio, of course, Republican. A first-term Republican from Florida told his most generous backers that he feels uniquely qualified to pitch his party as the one that will defend the American dream. In previewing his campaign central message to donors, he said, The dream is slipping away for too many families, blah, 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 typical speech. He's banking on the fact that he alone, among his many GOP rivals, can make inroads with groups that have long eluded the Republican Party. How's he going to do that? He's younger. Groups like young people, minorities, and the less affluent. He says, quote, I feel uniquely qualified not to just make that argument, but to outline the policies that we need to have in order to achieve it. Basically, just because Jeb Bush, who he's stabbing at suddenly there, is 62 years old, and Hillary Clinton, 67 years old, basically just saying, I'm uniquely qualified because they old. They old, man. They too old to be president. You want a young hip president. You want like a kangaroo president. Why don't we elect a kangaroo president? It would be great. He'd hop around, a lot of energy. Got that pouch. He could keep the button in, the nuclear button. And he could, you know, have headshots. He could give people like, you know, instead of a selfie, like, here's already a signed picture. I'm a kangaroo. Quick Marco Rubio side story. He would totally go to a gay wedding. Washington Post reports. He said he would, of course, go to the gay wedding of someone he cared about. He told Univision's Jorge Ramos on Wednesday, likening it to attending a wedding for someone who was previously divorced. Quote, I'm not going to hurt them simply because I disagree with the choice they've made, because I disagree with the decision they've made or whatever it may be. You know, the choice and decision of being gay that everybody makes because they choose that. What a moron. Adding quickly, I don't actually condone same-sex marriage. I'd totally go and eat the free salad and... The toughly cooked rubbery chicken. I'd dance in the gayest of gay dance circles. I'd kiss my gay friends on the mouth. A celebratory kiss. But just to be clear, I do not condone their choice that they didn't choose because they were born that way. Copyright Lady Gaga. In another side Rubio story, 10% of the people on an exclusive Miami island where Jay-Z and Beyonce used to live are enthusiastic Rubio donors. A 20-minute drive north of Miami Beach's spring break headquarters are the gates to a man-made island populated by America's richest, a cluster of GOP presidential hopeful Marco Rubio's wealthiest donors. They've been boosted by these GOP gazillionaires who live on the exclusive island. The town of Indian Creek Village, home to the 1% of the 1%, fewer than 40 homes all on the waterfront has 24-7 armed boat patrol and its own police force to protect residents. The small island once housed the winter retreat for J. Edgar Hoover, and now such bold-faced names as Victoria's Secret model Adriana Lima. I like her. Retired Miami Dolphins coach Don Shula, who cares, and singer Julio Iglesias and his son Enrique Iglesias all own homes on this island. Would you cry? If I asked you to cry, and would you please swim away from my isle? Because my island's deep, and I am so rich. And would you please stay away from my 
gate. Nothing rhymed there with rich, and I wanted it to. I, I held the note, and nothing came. You know? It's like when you masturbate too many times in the course of a day, and then you're trying to get a little bit more to come out there, and then you, you can't, because you're dry as a day is young. You know? Which reminds me of this total side note. I don't like the phrase, get your rocks off. Because how painful would it be if 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 if, if people came rocks? That would not be pleasant in the least. Be very unpleasant. But the main point is, ten percent of this super rich island has donated money to support Marco Rubio's political career. Out of sixty residents. And that's the main way you know you're on the way to earning the support of the majority of everyday people. When you've got one tenth of the ultra-rich Bond supervillain island on your side. Tomorrow, the heartland. And now back to our regularly scheduled presidential hopeful rundown. Already in progress. Boo, boo, boo. Ah, Rand Paul, hair too curly to be president. Actually kind of like him, but hair too curly. He's a man of principle. Try to uncurl that hair, man. Use a straightener. I've used it once or twice. It looks good. I don't hate on Jeb W. Bush either. Seems like a man of principle as well. Embraces immigration reform. I know it's not W as his middle name, but I like to tease the governor and associate him with his psycho evil brother. He's also, Jeb Bush starting to do that like shoulder slouched, real George W. Bushy thing like where hands out, hands kind of like explaining his position. I don't, I'm not sure we should do that. He's, get, he's getting W. Bushy. And when you get, I've always said this, when you get W. Bushy, you gotta landscape that shit. Never you get to W. Bushy helps to manscape. Ted Cruz, also running for president, another Republican in the field, looks like he'd be an evangelist if he had any charisma whatsoever. Boringest guy in the world. Just looks and sounds ridiculous. I mean, he wears a Madonna headset cheek mic, for Christ's sake. We all wish Elizabeth Warren would run, but she ain't into it, apparently. She'd rather just wear her glasses all day and wag her finger from a smaller seat. Governor of Wisconsin Scott Walker was the first to announce, I think, not even sure, who cares, and he just pretty much hates unions. Workers' right to assemble, not on his watch. Why? Just not his cup of tea, really. Wants nothing to stand in the way of sheer profit. Money, 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 money. Someone has to write a new money song, like a more updated money song. Rappers try, but they're not, they're not, the hook's got to be more money-based. If Mike Huckabee runs again, I will laugh for nine days. I thought about running for a minute. Then I realized I have no money, no backing, never held public office since senior class vice president in high school. And I like to smoke weed occasionally. But at least I'm finally of age, so it's possible. And it makes me feel aspirations. Which reminds me, I've been asked a couple times, did you stop doing the podcast because GSN, the network that airs my show Idiot Test, asked you not to express certain political views? And I'm thrilled to say that not in the least is that true. Everyone at GSN is so open-minded and cool. It's been a real pleasure working with them. Literally, they just let their talent be who they are and do their own thing and speak their minds. I honestly think that's why it's a network on the upswing. Because they embrace the kind of thinking that the world needs more of. Not being judgmental, but rather embracing progress, new ideas. I mean, the things they let me say and do, even on my own game show, on Idiot Test, makes it so much fun. The game is, like, tailored for my comedy. Pointing out idiocy I see in the world is what I love to do. Anyone who listens to this podcast knows that. And GSN lets me do it every week. I also a game show where I get to find holes in people's logic and call them idiots when they are. And give them props when they are not, which is very rarely. Uh, we've lot of, by the way, it's a quick plug if I can plug the game show. It airs every Wednesday at 8 and 8.30 new episodes, 7, 7.30 Central on GSN. A lot of different set this, this year, a bit different. The whole show's... Is more interesting. Well, the contestants are better. I'm weirder on the show. The comedy's more outlandish. We have sketch called open sometimes. Cool theme episodes like Star Wars versus Star Trek fans coming up. Cat lovers versus dog lovers this week. We have uh, vegetarians versus meat eaters. Bald guys versus hairy guys coming up. Who's smarter? Who's more of an idiot out of those groups? Watch our show and find out. We have an all models episode coming up. So needless to say, the score was very low on that one. Uh, a lot of fun. Idiot Test every Wednesday on GSN, Game Show Network, and we were running throughout the week. Um, but basically, GSN is not a network not afraid to take chances and do things a little bit differently. 
And I assure you that is the formula for success. You'll be seeing and hearing a lot more from them, I believe. Um, also, because I won't shut up about it, so that's part of it. On the issue of the podcast itself and why it stopped, I, I want to say for a moment, if I can, I, of course, don't want such a big gap to happen again. Who likes big gaps? Nobody. Although I will sometimes, of course, need a few weeks off, since this is not my only job by a long shot. I do a lot of other things in this business. And even the Daily Show with a staff of probably 200 takes many weeks off a year. I'm a one-man staff over here. Andrew's helping me, you know, crew the pod today and take some notes. But I prepare it, write it, edit it, record it, upload it myself. Um, for me to be able to do it consistently, the format just has to change a little bit. I'm not going to try anymore to cover everything that happened during the last week on Earth. Just the stuff that stands out most to me. So it'll be fewer stories usually. Pardon me. Not per se this week, so there's a lot to catch up on, but it'll be fewer stories, generally speaking. Shorter podcasts. Um, the news episodes will always still be my take on the week, of course, and I will strive to do news podcasts between two and four weeks a month, either every week of the month or two or three times at least, if I can. But on weeks when I can't, I will try as hard as possible to manage it to at least release one podcast of some kind every week. And those non-Newsweek ones will be, as it has been for a couple of years now, a last week on the road, W-O-T-R, or last guest on Earth, as I sometimes call it, where I just chat traditional podcast style with whoever seems interesting to chat with, whoever I'm encountering in my life. But as I do, often in unusual and formal locations, in my car, in a cab, in a car service to the airport, at a comedy club, with random people at a bar, which I think hopefully is a bit different than the typical podcast, so it'll be something a little bit different still you'll enjoy. I hope that still makes everybody happy enough. Okay? I hope. Okay, so if you're not, I'm sorry. You know, just one man with one dream, several dreams, a lot of dreams. Justin Bieber gets handsy with Ariana Grande, a.k.a. just a couple years from going full Rihanna, that Grande. You can see it happening. She hasn't made any missteps yet. But you can see it happening. She's getting a little more, mm, you know, a little more like, uh, like, mm, mm, a little more, uh, you know what I'm saying? Side note, I am far too into Ariana Grande for a grown man to be. But boo legal and boo fine. So, you know. During a concert cameo, Justin Bieber made on her show recently, a live concert recently, seemed to catch Ariana Grande by surprise by putting his arms around her. But don't think for one tattooed red second he did that without getting called out by Big Sean. Oh, because he got called out by Big Sheezy, which is probably not but should be Big Sean's nickname. Big Sheezy 140'd straight out. He 140'd out at Bieber. And I quote, this kid is about to learn not to touch my girl like that. Believe that. Ouch, large Sean. But here's the thing. If you're going to threaten someone, you can't end it with a cute reference to their own, like, marketing strategy. I'm going to hurt you, kid. But don't worry, I'm still Belieber for life, bro. Beliebers. This beef is only personal. Still love your music, beeps. Hashtag Belieber. By the way, why is there not a scripted show or reality show called Leave It to Bieber yet? Someone get on that ish. Maybe I should do Leave It to Gleber. It's another right. One of us should do one of those show name ideas. That I know with all of my heart. Wath all of my heart. Oh, and like a few days later, apparently, Big Sean and, and Little Grande are calling it quits. So they're over. Bieber ruined that. So she'll probably be dating Bieber in like five minutes and be tainted for life. Sorry, girl. Could have been real between us. Boston Bomber's mom thinks her son is just plain super. The Daily Beast reports, convicted Boston Marathon bomber Jokar Sarnayev's mother, Zubaydat, has reportedly posted a statement online declaring Americans the terrorists here and calling her son the best of the best. Just the best of the best. Okay, lady. Why don't you STFU? That stands for shut the fuck up. Jokar Sarnayev was found guilty on all 30 counts he was charged with for bombing the Boston Marathon with his now-deceased brother. 17 of those charges can carry the death penalty. 
I'm not positive which is worse, even. Ideologically, I'm kind of torn on it. Death or being forced for a whole long life to be in prison. I feel like sometimes the death penalty is like being put out of your misery. But maybe prison could be cushy. I don't know. But let's hope he gets whichever one he would fear the most and would be the worst for him. Because the world, you know, that's just in our own domestic front. Internationally, we got crazy shit happening. You know? It's, it's odd. It's literally almost feels as though, like, globally, you know, like it was this pristine, like, picture window, and then suddenly, boom. feels like that is what it feels like all right sometimes it feels like the world's breaking iran obviously we've been talking about the whole history of this podcast been developing a first covert then publicly known nuclear program swore it was for peaceful reasons turned out obviously it was not they're trying to build nuclear bombs world community won't allow it u.s won't allow it it threatens israel's existence they're our ally and so despite the very angry very very uh aggressive media onslaught of Israel's Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu trying to stop it from happening. Uh, Obama and the other five major world powers were meeting, first in secret and then publicly, it was known, with Iran trying to make some agreement to curb and stop their nuclear program. An agreement was reached. Netanyahu said it's a horrible agreement. we got to stop it. we got to not sign this agreement. Apparently the agreement does not stop their ability to ever get a bomb because it does not close all of their enrichment facilities of uranium. It does not stop all their centrifuges. It just makes limits on them. We get to inspect certain ones, but not all. We cannot inspect nuclear facilities. We can shut down certain facilities where they had the highest potential to enrich uranium to the highest levels that could become then used as nuclear fissile material. But they can still enrich uranium for up to the level where they can use it for power, and inspectors could be allowed in, but how do you know how what level someone's enriching something to? It seems to me a bit precarious. But we still, we agree, we handshake on a, the terms of a deal, and then it turns out we don't know what we handshaked on, and nor do the Iranians, because America says, we've made this deal, and we will only lift sanctions as Iran verifies that they have met each part of the agreement as it happens throughout the course of shutting down these facilities and letting inspectors in. And Iran, President Khomeini and the Supreme Leader, I'm sorry, the, the President Rouhani and the Supreme Leader, Khomeini, I believe is his name off memory. Uh, my girlfriend is, my girlfriend Rome is Persian and could probably tell me if I'm wrong later. Probably, you know, can correct the the, the, the record. How do you like that, by the way? I'm a Jewish man with Israeli parents, and my girlfriend is Iranian and Muslim. So that's a perfect situation. I believe that our relationship alone could solve the Middle East peace crisis. Instead, when, when we fight, you know, I just, when we're sleeping in bed, I just push her to the corner of the bed, and I take a lot of the room, a lot of the territory for myself. I steal the blankets. She throws rocks in my eye. It's not great. You know, we work past it, but it's not great. So we don't even know what we... It's a joke, of course. I love her. She's a wonderful person. She's probably listening to this. And it's a joke. Okay, baby? It's a joke, baby. Put down the rock. Put the rock down. Uh, so we don't even know what we signed. Iran's leader says, No, no, no. We only agreed to and, and would agree to all sanctions being immediately lifted the second the agreement is signed. Regardless of us complying to it or not. So we don't even know what deal we have. Then in America, you know, all the Republican senators did an unprecedented move and sent a letter to the president, of, to the supreme leader of Iran saying, just so you know, any deal made by our president can be negated by our next president and Congress has to ratify it. So maybe you don't want to even trust the negotiations our president or assurances our president gives you. Unprecedented. Called by many, and I don't disagree, almost treasonous to go out of our shores politically to undermine the authority of our president. It's unprecedented. They hate they have for Obama. And it's because he's other. 
because he's a black president and they can't ever just let him be, let him lead our country and support positive progress. It's an inherent racism of not wanting the demographic to shift from super rich old white guys to new kinds of leaders. That's what I believe. Oh, and to make things with Iran even more complicated, the United States Navy has just dispatched the USS Theodore Roosevelt into this today into the waters off the east coast of Yemen to potentially stop Iranian ships carrying weapons to aid the rebels, the Houthi rebels, who are taking hold of Yemen. The ships are not going to intercept Iranian vessels, according to U.S. officials. The Houthi rebels in Yemen have pushed out the country's president already and are fighting for control against pro-government troops and Saudi Arabian airstrikes, because our ally and friend Saudi Arabia has been launching airstrikes against the rebels in Yemen. And so we're sending ships to stop, but not stop, whatever the fuck that means. Iran's ships from bringing weapons. Yet we're about to sign an agreement with Iran because we trust them so much, and they're, on our, and, they're, and they're cool, and they're on our side against ISIS. It's a confusing shit show out there, y'all. Anti-gay pizzeria reopens. Took more than 30 minutes, though. Chicago Tribune reports. An Indiana pizzeria that came under national scrutiny after its owner... Owners volunteered that they would never cater a gay wedding. Is back in business. The small town shop closed its doors briefly after the outcry, but raised more than, get this fucking shit, $800,000 on the fundraising service GoMe. GoFundMe. Quote, I'd do the same thing again. It's my belief. It's our belief. It's what we grew up on. Memories Pete's owner Kevin O'Connor said. I'm just sorry it comes to this because neither of us dislike any of those people. No, we don't dislike gays. We just won't serve pizza to them. We like them. We want them to keep their great, in-shape gay figures. Go figures. They don't dislike them. They just won't feed them. I mean, who the fuck donates $800,000? Even if a pizza place has this bigoted, misguided view to not cater a gay wedding, people around the country are like, this can't... This is a great cause. Let's applaud this cause. We're donating money. They're not even getting pizza for 800 grand. They're just giving that money to a pizza place. They also apparently refuse to cater straight weddings, I would assume, because my bigger question is, who caters their wedding with pizza? Has it ever happened? Even one time? They do, however, often cater ghetto birthday parties for people who don't at all care about the details or their guests having a truly good time. So, good luck with that. Maybe $100,000 to subsidize your lack of wedding catering. National story. We're not going to cater weddings to gay people. Oh, they have to get something other than pizza then, I suppose. Some good news. About time. New York Times reports 90% of Americans now have health insurance. A Gallup survey released Monday shows that nearly 90% of American adults now have health insurance, up from 8 in 10. Just two years ago, up from 80% to 90. That change is due in part to the 14.75 million people who purchased health coverage from the Affordable Care Act, or Obamacare as it is called, with the largest changes in insurance status coming among Hispanics and those making less than $36,000 annually. So guys, we gotta repeal it. Come on, it's definitely working. We have to repeal it. We gotta spend all our time in Congress getting rid of this thing. Going backwards, as it were. Because we have no other problem, so it's totally fine to be fixated on fixing the thing that is helping save people's lives. we got to end it. we got to stop it, you guys. Not supporting universal health not supporting universal care is the death panel they claim to fear so much. They say Obamacare will bring death panels. No, what brings death panels is not giving health care to sick people. They will then die. That's your death panel, yo. I mean, that mentality is almost as shocking, almost as bad, as Madonna forcing her tongue in Drake's mouth. Also happened this last week on Earth. Coachella, Drake's doing a show. Madonna rolls out on stage. Unbeknownst to Drake, Bieber creeping on Ariana Grande style, Madonna starts making out with Drake, shoving the old Madonna tongue in there. Drake seemed to go along with it at first. Second, she stops to kiss and gets and says, I'm, I'm Madonna, bitch, or some shit. Drake has a disgusted look on his face and goes, what the fuck was that? As Madonna leaves 
the stage as fast as possible because she super embarrassed herself. And look, here's the thing. If it was me, I'd be into it. Madonna make out with you? Hell yeah. That mouth would have been on Britney Spears' mouth, Christina Aguilera mouth, Sean Penn mouth, Warren Beatty mouth, for, uh, you know, um, great Americans. Why wouldn't you want that mouth in your mouth? It's, it's, it's like a five for one special plus all the hundreds of others. It, it, it's a several hundred, probably like a 950 for one bargain you're getting when you kiss Madonna. A side note, I think she's cool. It's amazing she still does what she does at her age. What is she, almost 60 years old? She's on Fallon the other day, did stand-up comedy for the first time. Google it. It shows how cool of a sport she is. She literally wrote jokes based on her life and tried them and bombed miserably. It also shows you how hard stand-up is. So, respect for all those of you who do it. And I do it. So respect for me as well. If you don't want to, it's fine. You don't have to give me respect. It's nice to be respected, though. Everybody wants that. U.S. warms relations with Cuba. Things don't get sexual, though. New York Times reports President Obama has taken Cuba off the list of state sponsors of terrorism, or at least suggesting that, the White House announced. And Obama and Raul Castro met, shook hands, had a constructive meeting, apparently, at the Summit of the Americas. The first such high-level meeting since, the, since 1960. Cuba was added, of course, to the terrorism list 30 years ago, joining Iran, Sudan, and Syria, actual terrorist states. Ain't that much terror going on in Cuba, come on. Maybe they're terrorizing us with the great aroma of wonderful cigars. That's about it. CEO cuts own salary to pay workers. More great news. Never thought you'd hear a story like this. Gravity Payments founder Dan Price surprised his 120 employees Monday. After reading that money fluctuations are a big problem for those earning less than $70,000, he decided to make that the minimum wage for all employees at his credit card processing payment company. To do so, Price cut his own salary from $1 million to $70,000. So all of his employees could also make $70,000. CEOs make on average 300 times what their, usual, what their average employee salary is. He plans to cut into company profit as well to do this. 30 people at Gravity will see their salaries double as a result. What a nice guy. I don't know what the hell gravity payments is really or how we can use it, but let's try to support that if we can. Man lands gyrocopter at U.S. Capitol. Tampa Bay Times reports. You may have seen this story. Crazy older man. A mailman from Florida landed his gyrocopter in front of the U.S. Capitol on Wednesday in a surprise stunt that saw guards pull out automatic weapons before he was arrested. Quote from the man. I'm demanding reform and declaring a voters' rebellion in a manner consistent with Jefferson's description of rights and the Declaration of Independence. Doug Hughes, 61, wrote in letters he addressed to each member of Congress. That's a lot of fucking letters, bro. As a member of Congress, you have three options. One, you may pretend corruption does not exist. Two, you may pretend to oppose corruption while you sabotage reform. Or three, you may actively participate in real reform, Hughes told the Tampa Bay Times about his planned stunt before it happened, he alerted the newspaper. Good for this guy, because he is fucking right. I even apologize for calling him crazy. Money in our politics is absolutely ridiculous. We need so badly campaign finance reform. We need so badly to get money out of politics, get corruption out of it. Just actually have people be held to account in our politics. But... The fact that he did it on a gyrocopter, flying essentially a bicycle through the sky, shifted the focus because all myself and everybody was thinking is how do I get myself a gyrocopter? I want me a gyrocopter. How do I get me one? People's grammar went out the window even though they were so excited about it. Aaron Hernandez gets life in prison, Boston Globe reports. Ex-New England Patriot Aaron Hernandez was found guilty of murdering semi-pro football player Odin Lloyd, you gotta murder semi-pros if you're a pro. That's the way you prove you're professional. Barely an hour later, he was sentenced to life in prison without parole. And he currently, before he goes to prison, will have to stand another trial in May for two other murders. So, it's a lot of murders, bro. He just signed a $40 million NFL contract and killed a bunch of people. It seems incongruous. It wasn't even a desperation crime. It was like, ugh. I just hate people. I'm going to fucking kill those motherfuckers. When he got his life sentence, he mouthed, he seemed unmoved, and mouthed to his fiancée, 
It'll be okay. And be strong. It won't be okay, though, bro. Because you're going to be fucking in prison for the rest of your life, you fucking murderer. I mean, it won't be as bad as, like, concussions you might get in games. But still. Go fucking rot and lock up hell, you fucking asshole. And a stunning statistic, though. 93% of current NFL players are now in prison. TSA agent sacked for male groping scheme. Sacked for groping, you get it? Daily Beast reports. The TSA fired two agents at Denver International Airport and reassigned two others after discovering an elaborate scheme to grope attractive male passengers. According to investigators, a male TSA agent would indicate when he found a passenger attractive, and a female colleague would make the system flag him for an extra pat-down by, get this cleverness, logging him as a female before the full body scan. So I guess they'd see like a penis and be like, what is that junk? Beep, 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 gotta pat this guy down. The scheme was foiled, however, when a TSA investigator saw the male agent giving the customer an improper pat-down and communicating via signal with his female colleague. Happened at least ten times. This is sad news mostly because I'm flying at the end of May to the Denver airport for shows of the improv. And now, I'll get nothing. Letterman is ending in two and a half weeks. Just wanted to report that because it's messed up, man. Truly the end of an era. One of the great hosts of all time, one of the great talk show hosts of all time. One of my dreams was to always be on his show. Did not happen. I tried a couple times and I kind of, after not getting it and coming close, I then missed an opportunity to submit again and waited too long. And then the booker moved to Fallon. I didn't submit there. And that's not going to happen for me. I'm going to be in New York in a couple weeks, and in about a week, actually. And I'm going to try to get tickets. And even that so far, I've been striking out. But I just want to be in person. Once when I was 16, my mom let me skip school to go with my best friend Jason in line to try to see a letterman tape when he came to L.A. And we didn't get in. Same happened to me with Johnny Carson in his last shows. Letterman admired Johnny Carson, who was my hero as well, as the great talk show host of all time. Letterman's wit and charm and intelligence truly is unseen in late-night talk shows. And it's just sad that it's done. You guys should watch the last two, two and a half weeks of the show every night on CBS. And then also Jon Stewart, the other last, like, classic host and, like, best example of, like, a brilliant comedic mind entertaining us and also making us think just announced that his last daily show will be August 6th. So we're losing both of them within the course of a few months. He'll be replaced by a young comedian named Trevor Noah, who has told seven jokes ever, some of them offensive. And mostly I'm just saying that because I'm jealous. Stephen Colbert hosting the late show in CBS replacing Letterman starting in September, so at least we will have that. One other great, you know, smart, politically savvy dude. And the rest are cool. You know, James, James Corden guy is hosting the Late late Show now on CBS. This British dude. I actually like the show. I watched it a couple times. He has all three guests on at once. Uh, it's interesting the way he's kind of mixing the format up. It's a lot of fun. So check that out as well. Of course, Fallon's, you know, he's killing it with all of his games. Loves to play games with people. He's a game player. Kimmel, hilarious. You know. They all have shows. Great people. Good for them. Not jealous at all, actually. I'm happy for them. State tax auditor indicted for tax evasion, Seattle Times reports. Washington State Auditor Troy Kelly was indicted by a federal grand jury Thursday for tax evasion. Kelly's accused of keeping more than $2 million from a mortgage reconveyance company he operated between 2003 and 2008. Oh, really? Uh-huh. 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 I get it. Yep. You're going to audit us, and you're going to evade taxes. Okay, yep, no, no, that's cool, bro. That's cool. Go to fucking jail. Go to fucking jail. So I had a Wesley Snipes for me. Is he in jail for tax things, Nicholas Cage, either of them? It's weird. I'm not even in jail. Didn't report lots of money to the IRS. Ha ha. Oh, and California's out of water. Researchers stop dementia in mice. The BBC reports. A Duke University research team has figured out a way to stop mice from developing dementia by adjusting the brain's immune system to stop the cells from attacking nutrients. The scientists found a way to stop some immune cells known as microglia. Microglia? Sounds like microglia. From breaking down an amino acid known as arginine by blocking certain enzymes. So now, 
And if you're a mouse, for I guess your birthday, he's just a dick. And on that note, it is time to check in with the Glebe of Extraordinary Gentlemen, the Friends with Benefits, the Glebe Squad, the B-Glebers and all of us, still significantly trailing Justin Bieber in numbers, BT-dubs. It is time for Twitter Answers. Anytime now. Yup. I asked the Brain Trust, what have you been up to for the last six months? Matthew Corey at Roller Dog NC, our old pal, says, I've been waiting for the next episode of LWOE. Also, I taught my kid to ride a bike without training wheels. Thank you for waiting patiently. Very cool you taught your kid to ride a bike. You didn't have to say without training wheels, because it's not that hard really to teach someone to ride a bike with training wheels, is it? I mean, you pretty much just figured out that the moment you get on it, you're like, move the pedals. But congrats. June 9th, 2015, at Ryan underscore Torres TDKD says, I started dating someone, I got off probation, got a raise. And oh yeah, I waited for the next ep of Last Week on Earth. Kevin Colley, congrats on the raise, by the way, and the probation thing. Don't know what you're on probation for. I'm curious. Let me know on Twitter. At Ben Glebe. Kevin Colley at KVNCWLY. I finished college, started working out, became a vegan, stopped being a vegan. It's been a long break, Ben. Fair enough. I apologize. Uh, congrats on all that ping-ponging around and the college finishing, man. I got to get myself working out as well. GG at GabbyG9331 says, I don't know, too busy practicing to be a grand champion with my drill team, which we won this weekend. Congrats on that. I didn't know drill teams had grand champions. Sounds a little... Ku Klux Klanny to me as far as phraseology, but probably it's not. So that's awesome. And my old friend, the head of the British Bureau of Last Week on Earth, at UK Brain Trust on Twitter, Chris Carter, says, absolutely nothing. Now I have a reason to live. Hashtag Brain Trust. Hashtag still wearing shorts. In his time when he does not compile great stories for our Thunder Round, he's also a mailman in Great Britain. In Blackpool, I believe it is. And he wears shorts even during winter. It's a silly move. What have I been up to for the last six months? A lot of stuff. Six to eight months. I bought a house, as I told you guys in my last podcast. I was hoping to buy one and close escrow. Bought a house. First time in my life. Moved out of the tiny one-bedroom apartment I lived in for eight years. Like a four or five hundred square foot apartment I was in for like a very long time. Better part of a decade. My TV show, Idiot Test, debuted. Two weeks later, Chelsea lately ended the show I was on for seven years. My show, so excitingly, became a hit for GSN. My dear friend, Brooke Powers, BP, who I told you guys about, passed away to, to a melanoma. I talked about her in our last podcast as well, if you want to hear more details about who she was and how amazing she was in all of our lives. Um, I toured all over the world, got some work done on the house I bought, which was a complete fucking nightmare. Traveled to Israel, hung with my family there. Got myself a serious girlfriend for the first time in like seven or eight years. A pretty awesome, very interesting young lady, if I do say so myself. And I do. I did. I just said it. Got my show picked up for a second season. Hallelujah. Shot 65 more episodes, 105 now in the can. This time with a much crazier amount of press to do, thankfully, because the show is a little bit more known. Moved into the house. Co-wrote and co-starred in a web series called Cinedopes about the first movie theater to sell weed, available for free for you to watch on YouTube. It's four episodes, about 15 minutes long each. Scripted series, I play a character named Blake, who's studying to be a lawyer, and helps run the theater with Tim, played by Brian Drolet from The Hills, and Max No Sleeves, YouTube star, and Angeline Rose Troy, and Ben Morrison plays the, the evil villain on the show, who you guys know very well as my frequent co-host and rapping cohort. Uh, on this podcast, very fine stand comedian. Um, so I've been up to a lot. That all said, I'm still very sorry the absence was so long. I will not have another gap be that long again. I apologize. If, the po- if there's ever a gap that long again, the podcast will just be over. And I'll let you know before the last broadcast. So there won't be a gap that long ever again, okay? I'm sorry about that. Um, if you want to come see me live, a couple things you can come check out. I'll be in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. This week, Thursday through Sunday, April 23rd through 26th, at the Comic Strip. 
Get tickets right now at thecomicstrip.ca. I will be at the New York Gotham Comedy Club Comedy Juice Show on April 28th at 9.30 p.m. Tickets at comedyjuice.com or laughstub.com. And the Hollywood Improv Comedy Juice Show the next night, Wednesday the 29th of April, 10 p.m. Hollywood Improv. Tickets, same places. Uh, Wisconsin, May 15th. I'll be at the University of Wisconsin. Not sure which campus. Can't remember. Shanghai, China. First time in my life traveling to Asia. Be doing shows there May 21st through 23rd at the Shanghai Comedy Club. I'll be at the Denver Improv, not being patted down or groped by male TSA agents, May 29th through 30th. Sorry, May 28th through 30th, I believe it actually is. Hosting Pedal on the Pier on the Santa Monica Pier for the second straight year, raising a shit ton of money for underprivileged kids from tough neighborhoods so they can go to camp. Um, second year in a row, we had amazing people come out and support last year on stage. I got to rap with Dougie Fresh, MC Hammer was there, we had some great actors, actresses, movie stars come out and support us, get a bike, ride a stationary spinning bike with us on the pier, or just come and eat the great food and hang out and be part of raising money for a really good cause. Um, I'll be in Seattle at the beginning of June at the Parlor Comedy Club. Nebraska, I'm playing, just announced the Great American Comedy Festival in Johnny Carson's hometown, June 17th through 20th. I'll be in Salt Lake City, Utah at Wise Guys Comedy Club, July 10th through 11th. Pemberton, British Columbia in Canada again at the Pemberton Music Festival. An insane lineup with like the Black Keys and Hosier and Tiesto and Skrillex and Diplo and like amazing, I'm, I'm forgetting out some major artists and some great comedians like Eric Andre and TJ Miller and Cheech and Chong and Tim and Eric and Ali Wong and great people. Um, you can get that at maybe PembyFest.com or PembertonFest.com, something like that. Just Google it. Get tickets, come see us there. And I'll be rounding out my world tour this year with playing Harrah's in Vegas again in late July. And then in October, Sunnyvale, California, October 9th through 11th at Rooster Tea Feathers once again. Uh, big world tour. Um, you can come and uh, see a live show. And follow me on Periscope. So I'm going to be broadcasting a ton of live videos, personal things in my life. My girl and I did one last night. Um, you can follow her at Rome Apple on Twitter. Instagram, wherever, Periscope. Um, and I'll be hosting Loveline tonight, actually, but it'll be yesterday when this airs tomorrow, so you can hopefully get that on a podcast with Dr. Drew and Mike Catherwood. Always wanted to do that. I'm taping another appearance on Last Call with Carson Daly tomorrow as well. They'll be airing in May. And I'll be a guest live in studio on the Today Show with Hoda and Kathy Lee on Tuesday, April 28th in the morning. I plan to get drunk with those ladies. I love those ladies. Man, that's going to be fun. Um, so, a lot of exciting stuff coming out. And, of course, idiot tests every Wednesday at 8 and 8.30. And, like, different time central. Do the math yourself. And on that note, as the podcast approaches a close, it is time, as you may imagine, for the Thunder Round. It's the Thunder Round. Couple makes love in front of a damn store via at UK Brain Trust. Via Metro UK. Who says romance is dead? Two strangers who had just met in a California shopping mall got naked at 3.30 p.m. in the day broad daylight and began making love passionately in front of shop staff, teenagers, and eventually police. Then the Lothario met his lover, then stripped all of his clothes off and began making vigorous love to her. Vigorously. Ooh. When you kind of make love in public during the broad daylight, do it vigorously for crying out loud. To an older woman in front of Christina's, Christina's dress. Can't even say it. I'm so riled up by this story. Christina's dress shop in Chula Vista, California. Their lust was so all-consuming, they hadn't even had time to be properly introduced. Passerby Christy Peterson said it was unbelievable, so she's got to get laid. They were rolling on the ground, making out and getting sexual. Her legs were in the air and the guy was on top. We were so shocked our mouths were just opened. Around a guy like that, don't keep your mouth open. It's probably the wrong move. They were cuddled up when police arrived and gave them tickets. The 21-year-old man was taken away in handcuffs. The woman just issued a written warning. That's a double standard. You're going to bang it down in public. Both should be taken to jail or none should be taken to jail. Or nothing at all. Um... That story warms my heart. 
Agoraphobic granny finally steps outside, falls in manhole, via, at UK Brain Trust. That's a pretty amazing story. An agoraphobic older lady went out of the house for the third time in ten years. So agoraphobia means you're afraid of the outside. And plunged down an open manhole. Grandmother Janet Fall, 57 years old, only just started leaving her home after more than a decade of suffering crippling fears of the outside. Went out with a friend as part of her rehabilitation. Moved a wooden pallet to help her friend reverse, maybe on a Tom Cruise go-kart or something. And stepped into the open manhole. Did the splits, one leg plunged down the shaft. Banged her face and broke her nose and suffered a fractured leg. It's like an Alanis Morissette song. It's like rain. You get the point. But the bigger issue here is, what's a woman doing in a manhole anyway? You know what I'm saying? Man arrested in our last story of this last week on Earth. Man arrested for having sex with the North Sea. You heard me. It's not our last story. It's the second to last story, okay? Don't get, don't get, don't get all twisted. I'm going to report this story only with what Chris Carter wrote on the at UK Brain Trust Twitter account. Man arrested for having sex with the North Sea. Anything to get his dick wet. Nicely done, Chris. I like that a lot. And our last, actually last story. Eye contact bonds humans with dogs. A study out of Azabu University in Japan shows that people bond with dogs much in the same way people bond with other people. Through loving meaningful gazing into one another's eyes. The connection is augmented by the bonding hormone oxytocin. They measure this in part by looking at levels of the hormone in subjects' urine after 30 minutes of gazing. So this person has to find more important research. But the results did not translate, apparently, to studies on wolves and their owners, the story reported, because who the fuck owns a wolf? On that note... And until last week, next week, this has been Last Week on Earth. It has come to our attention that a mysterious force is loose somewhere in outer space. The mysteries of creation are there. Up in the sky? Up in the sky. The moon and the planet surveil. And new hopes for knowledge and peace surveil. And therefore, as we set sail... On the most hazardous and dangerous and greatest adventure on which man has ever embarked. This has been a production of Smodco Internet Radio. Sir, only at Smodcast.com.